Les's League. Welcome back to Big Lezzers League and all rugby league experience. I'm your host, Big Les. Let's go through the Friday Friday so games for round four. Sorry about that. Can't get me words out today. But Friday games for round four. Let's go straight through them. The first one is the Storm v the Tigers. Now, superstar playmaker Cameron Munster comes back into the team and fucking kills it. He sparked the Storm to win a 24-12 game against the West Tigers at Amy Park. Uh, It was unbelievable. A lot of people I know had the West Tigers to win this one. All the omens pointed to the Storm. All the omens pointed to Cameron Munster scoring a try as well. He gets over the line uh, and sets up a few as well. He was fantastic in this game, uh, particularly without Jerome Hughes. Jerome Hughes was uh, ruled out late, obviously, with a suspension. Jonah Pezzett comes into the team. I thought he did okay as well. I thought Pezzett, uh, he showed a lot of class in this game, particularly when he did a superb offload to, obviously, Alicia Katoa. Um, and obviously then he found Meany uh, in support for the Storm second try. I think that was a lot of class shown there by Pezzett, as well as his kicking game as well. I thought that he was outstanding uh, to come in for a guy like Jerome Hughes and do the job that he did. I thought that he was great, but Cameron Munster, for me, he was the real superstar in this one. He was absolutely phenomenal. So obviously an offside penalty against the Tigers gave Melbourne the chance to open the scoring in the sixth minute through a Nick Meany penalty goal. Then Jonah Pezzett, and Josh King, they set up, obviously, Will Warbrick for his first NRL try in the 19th minute. Will Warbrick, I thought he was sensational as well, running for over 200 metres, a few line breaks, few tackle breaks. Um, He was phenomenal as well for me, Will Warbrick. uh, I've been waiting for him to sort of kick it a bit and sort of uh, start to find his groove in the NRL for a while. Obviously, very talented rugby sevens player uh, for the All Blacks. Uh, He comes in and kills it here for the Melbourne Storm in with his first NRL try uh, in the 19th minute of this game, obviously set up by a beautiful offload uh, from Josh King. And then Jonah Pezzett obviously gives it to Will Warbrick for that try. Uh, And then look, Pezzett again, obviously before we talked about it before, uh, sets up, Another try five minutes later for Alicia Katoa with another superb offload. Uh, and then obviously that back, uh, Alicia Katoa found Nick Meany looming in support. And Nick Meany gets the Storm's second try. The Tigers hit back on the half hour mark when Englishman John Bateman powered his way past a couple of defenders uh, and fed Isaiah Papali'i who put Asuka Poa over the, in the left-hand corner. Look, for me, I'm not sure if John Bateman should be in the back row. I mean, the combination we just saw with uh, Isaiah Papali'i in this game, it kind of makes you think, is John Bateman supposed to be in the 13 jersey? I actually think he suits the 13 jersey. Just with the dynamic of this Tigers team, I think that he'd actually do better in the middle than he would on an edge. Uh, But, you know, the... We talked about the upsides of having John Bateman on the edge. Obviously, he played there for Canberra and played quite well there, was one of the form back rowers there. But I think he was a back rower for Canberra. He suited the back rower mold for that Canberra outfit. Whereas in this team, I really do think he suits that 13 jersey. He's obviously played there uh, for a few games in the Super League while he was over there back in England. Um, I mean, look. I wouldn't mind seeing John Bateman start at 13 because I really do think he can be the link man in this side if they aren't going to go with Joe Offerhang-Gowie. Chuck Offerhang-Gowie in the front row and you put Englishman John Bateman in the 13 jersey. I really do think he could go well there. It sort of makes you think, though, if that combination would work. Uh, but I'd love to see them give that little combo a crack. 
But I really do think as well in saying that, that the Tigers, they do need to find a bit of consistency in, you know, the side that they name. I also think that Adam Dewey, he is a six. I don't think he is a one. Uh, I think a lot of people would agree. I think just watching that game, he's definitely not a one. For me, he's definitely a six, and I think they need to move him back there ASAP. Also, I think that Brandon Wakeham, I think that he could be the seven. Luke Brooks, you might want to put him in the number 14 jersey. It takes a bit of pressure off Brooksy as well because it just allows him to play his footy coming off the bench, playing a bit of a nine role for Apic Coruscant. I think Apic Coruscant as well is better, not as an 80-minute hooker. I think that you could play uh, Luke Brooks in the hooking role coming off the bench, like 30 to 20 minutes to go in the game. I think that would really suit the style of play uh, of the West Tigers and Apic Coruscant's game as well and just the impact of Apic Coruscant. But anyway, after the Yasu Kapoa try set up by Isaiah Papali'i and John Bateman uh, in the left-hand corner, Adam Dewey makes a sideline conversion, makes it 12-6. And his first game back from a finger injury, he suffered in round one. Munster then launched a pinpoint bomb. Winger Xavier Coates flew high to contest the ball and it fell to Justin Olam to cross for his first try of the season as well. I think this is only his second game back from that shoulder injury as well. So awesome to see Justin Olam uh, snag his first try of the year with more to come for me as well. But as I said, Karen Munster, just some of the plays that he came up with in this game, including his own try. He was definitely the player of this game for me. I mean, that his, his own individual try out of dummy half, 39th minute, bamboozled the Tigers' defense uh, with 10 metres out. Uh, last little left hand, like left foot step, sorry, uh, and just runs straight through the Tigers' defense, scores a beautiful little try. Storm took that 22-6 lead. Uh, after digging deep to defend their line early in the second half, the Tigers finally got some field position in the 55th minute and Abby Corusiao grubbed into the in goal and touched down for a try after Meany had shown a lack of urgency to clean it up. And we want to see more of this confidence from Api Coruscant as well. We want to see Api Coruscant playing this type of game. Uh, I feel like over the past few weeks, he's been quite conservative in the moments that he has chosen to stand up. Uh, it's turned into errors, which we don't really like to see. Uh, but look, uh, that confidence from Api Coruscant, um, playing that smart football, I mean, I I'd love to see a bit more of that from uh, Api Coruscant over the next few weeks. And uh, particularly, obviously, when uh, him and Adam Dewey uh, and whoever they put it seven, whether it's Brandon Wakeham or Luke, uh, Luke Brooks, uh, when that whole spine gels after a bit of a consistency sort of check here uh, from the Tigers, it's Dane Laurie definitely at fullback for me. I don't really like um, having him off the bench. Um, but yeah, look, I mean, once they gel the spine, once they keep it consistent, I think they could do a lot of damage with Abby Coruscant at nine, particularly when he links with his halves. Uh, but yeah, loving, love to see that confidence there from Abby Coruscant in this game. Oh, the Tigers threatened to close the gap even further as Bateman and Coruscant took charge, but a poor kick from Brandon Wakeham on a final play and a scrum where they couldn't even clean up their own ball. I mean, it just took the wind out of their sails for me. A penalty against Papali'i for a late tackle handed Meany a chance to slot two extra points on a penalty goal, and the Storm led uh, obviously 24-12, and that was the result of the game in that one as well. Not much happened after that. Uh, the Tigers, they really tried to get back into the game for me, but it was just, you know, errors and a bit of lack of discipline towards the end of the game that lost that lost the game for me as well. They, they've really had that theme over the past two weeks when they feel like they're out of the contest. They sort of just pull back a bit and don't try as hard as if they're on, at, like compared to, sorry, when they are on the front foot. 
Um, I feel like the effort levels are only sort of there when they do have a feeling that they are in the game. When they feel like they're out of the game, it's almost like they just switch off a little bit, which is a little bit concerning. Uh, but it's something that they can fix up going into the next few weeks. But, you know, for a, that game to be as close as it was with everything that happened in that one for the West Tigers and the Melbourne Storm... I mean, I'm not too fussed with the effort there from the Tigers either. So, uh, look, it's going to be an interesting next few weeks for them. But one thing they do need to work on is their consistency in their spine for me. I think that they really need to uh, lock down their spine. For me, as I've said, uh, it's going to be Brandon Wakeham at seven. It's going to be Adam Dewey at six. It's going to be Dane Laurie at one. And then I'll probably have Luke Brooks in the 14 jersey coming on in the hooking role uh, and sort of shortening Appy's minutes in the hooking role as well. I found that that was quite uh, effective last year um, when, you know, Appy Coruscant wasn't forced to play the full 80 minutes. I f- thought that that was quite effective uh, for the, when, when he was at the Penrith Panthers. I think it could be quite similar at the West Tigers. Uh, moving on to the next game, it was the Dolphins v. the Broncos. Now, the Broncos pretty much taking the bragging rights uh, in Brisbane with the 18-12 win over the Dolphins. It was one of the best games, I think, of the weekend for sure. It was a mammoth crowd as well, 51,047 people at the game. In Suncorp, it was an absolute blinder of a game, an absolute blinder of a game. Tony Staggs, 100-meter try at the end as well to seal the deal. Uh, I mean, that was just the biggest narrative try ever, especially with everything that Tony Staggs has gone through over the past two years. His road to recovery as well, and he scores uh, the winning try for the Broncos. I mean, talk to me about narrative. We love a good narrative try. Tony Staggs getting one there for sure. Uh, Look, both sides could hold their their head high after this high-quality contest as well. They had... It all pretty much from bone-rattling defense to long-range tries and courageous efforts to defy injury. Uh, it was the Broncos who took the first shot on the right edge when Reese Walsh found Selwyn Cobbo with a superb cover tackle by uh, Tessie New to fuse the situation for the Dolphins. The Broncos then reloaded again down the right edge, but skipper Adam Reynolds' pass to Cobbo was too high and the ball went into touch. I mean, again, look, to start this game, a lot of opportunities for the Broncos. Obviously, they couldn't execute due to some minor errors. But the two forward passes and a dummy half by the Dolphins hooker, Mason Teague, handed Brisbane a chance. And they capitalized through left winger, Jesse Arthurs. And it was awesome lead-up work as well from Kurt Capewell, Reese Walsh, Herbie Farnworth. Fuck, I think Herbie Farnworth could be one of the form centers in the competition right now. And Reese Walsh, for me, and I said it last week. In fact, it wasn't last week. It was, uh, it was last week. Technically, it was last week. Recording this on Sunday. So technically, coming out on Monday, it was last week, I put out a post, um, you know, about the fact that Reese Walsh could probably take the fullback spot off Kalen Ponga, depending on his situation going into the rest of this year uh, in origin. I think he could definitely take that origin fullback spot for me, uh, especially with the form that he's playing with right now, Reese Walsh. Uh, a lot of people would say that Kalen Ponga is the incumbent, especially um, Queensland fans would say that Kalen Ponga is the incumbent for that jersey. But look, with Reese Walsh's form, I think he could definitely take that jersey. And I think Billy Slater would probably agree. Uh, the Dolphins then lost bench hooker Cody Nicarima with a head clash in the 27th minute uh, after a heavy collision with teammate Tom Gilbert. That was hectic. The, the amount of blood coming from Cody Nicarima's head, like you were just so worried for him in this game. Uh, it was pretty hectic to lose a guy like Cody Nicarima, especially when your next hooker up um, was obviously Mason Teague, uh, who is generally a lock forward. 
uh, throwing two forward passes in the first half as well. It was quite worrying signs for the Dolphins. Uh, with six minutes to play in the first half, the Dolphins created some space on the left, but Walsh came across to shut it down with a strong tackle on Tessie New, who was clearly hampered with a leg injury. Uh, the Broncos 5'8", Ezra Mam then came up with a brilliant cover tackle on his own to deny uh, Jermaine Asako in the opposite corner. So the Broncos' defense in the first half uh, was fantastic. Uh, the Dolphins had the final shot at points with Colony Lemonlelu powering into the backfield and found Hamaso Tabiwaifado who went close. But the Broncos' defense, again, it was super impressive, the, the Broncos' defense in this game. Uh, and just, you know, the discipline that they had, uh, the commitment they had to their defense was unbelievable. Walsh gives a cutout pass uh, to Selwyn Cobbo to start the second half. A beautiful pass from Reese Walsh, and it just goes to show how good his ball playing has gotten over the offseason. Uh, really working on that, and obviously it was great last year, but it's even better this year, and, and he's so he's coming to this year so dangerous, so dangerous, and again, look, he could definitely take that spot from Callum Ponga if he wants to. Uh, mid, midway through the second half, the Dolphins struck back when Jared Wallace took a pass from Ray Stone and powered over from close range to make it 8-6. Uh, the Dolphins halfback Sean O'Sullivan was forced off with an injury with 19 minutes to play, but veteran playmaker Anthony Milford stood up with a perfectly weighted grubber kick for Hamaso Tabiwaifado to chase through and score. Um, yeah, it was pretty unfortunate that Sean O'Sullivan was ruled out of this one, and pictorial injuries. It's pretty much six to eight, maybe even eight to 12 weeks, depending on the extent. If it's a full tear, it's going to be a few months before we see Sean O'Sullivan back in this Dolphins outfit. So super unfortunate for him. Hope he gets a really fast recovery. But I think Wayne Bennett's made it clear that Anthony Milford is going to be the seven going into next week. And I'd sort of inclined to agree with him. I thought that he did everything that he needed to do um, to earn that jersey with Sean O'Sullivan uh, being out for the next few weeks. Uh, Anthony Milford, he looked quite good coming in. He really did. And um, yeah, look, I'm very keen to see how he goes in the number seven jersey over the next few weeks, particularly with some of the matchups they do have uh, going into the next few weeks. With 10 minutes to play, Reynolds produced a show and go to bust the Dolphins and send Capewell on a 40-meter charge to the line to tie the game at 12-all. The skipper converted to, uh, from touch but and put Brisbane ahead 14-12. So a really big moment in the game there. Super tight. Dolphins had plenty of opportunities to come back in this game, uh, but a bit of discipline let them down. A mistake by Walsh, for example, gave the Dolphins a late shot at victory, but Staggs collected a Milford grubber on his own uh, on his own try line and outpaced the Chasers to put the finishing touches on Brisbane's fourth straight win with that 100-meter try that he scored. Tony Staggs, throughout the entire game, looked very dangerous. I think he had four or five tackle breaks in this game. His defense was solid there on the edge. And obviously, that 100-meter try as well was fucking superb. Uh, as well as other factors, he was phenomenal for me. Super dangerous throughout that entire game. Um, and yeah, look, the Broncos just outplaying the Dolphins here a little bit in the last few minutes of that game, but super, super tight. And look, I mean, the Dolphins, I'm super impressed, but the Brisbane Broncos, they definitely do have the bragging rights at Brisbane, and it was a super entertaining game of football. Well,